Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello everyone, I'm Ani, Mad Shaman Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism, give it all a good hard shake and pour, dress it with the olives of grace and empathy, sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini, the show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, was that man who gave the State of the Union speech yet another double for the guy who has a cranial breach? Why was Pelosi flapping her hands like a mad woman from the psych ward? Uh, People are actually removing Russian vodka from store shelves. So deep are they in the matrix, they can't see they're embarrassing themselves. Topsy-turvy little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are rarely successful, I'll admit to that. But we are honour-bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, The Metaphysical Martini Show... We do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. I usually have a shot right after I say that. But today we are going to, time permitting, sample nine Irish whiskies towards the end of the show in preparation for the bad decisions we are going to make on St. Patrick's Day. So I, uh, I'm not going to drink now. I'm going to wait till the end because then if I pass out, well, no one's going to know, are they? So on with the show, and here's our usual reminder, sort of a disclaimer, really. This show is not politically correct, as we do not wish to erode our intellect. This show is for free thinkers, people who know that the deep state is real, people who know who runs the world, how and why. If you're one of those peeps who you know, is safe within the cocoon of the dark matrix. If you believe politicians honor their pledges to we, the people, if you believe big government is a good thing, and if you can't see how a man-made contagion was released and used to enslave mankind, then you are part of the brainwashed masses. You drank the fool aid, you succumbed to the very real black magic spell, woven by those who quite literally worship Lucifer and call themselves globalists or New World Order. I am not saying this to mock you or to demean you, but there comes a point in a planet's great awakening where shit gets serious, and it's very serious now. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. We don't sugarcoat anything on this show. 
We tackle difficult issues and we do so with guts, with gusto and with multiple rounds of spiritual ammo. Darlings, we are in World War Three. We haven't named it, of course, because we don't name wars until they're over. But once it's over, it will be named World War Three. World War Three is not really so much of a boots on the ground war, is it? It's a crimes against humanity war, a mind control war, a misinformation war. And the cabal's all or nothing attempt to murder a significant portion of the human race and turn us into transhuman, eventually posthuman automaton beings. That's what this is. That's what the fake vax is all about. Transhumanist Experiment 101. Oh, what fun we're going to have today. If you are joining us for the very first time, a very, very, very warm welcome to you. Now, darlings, please don't mistake our direct approach for rudeness. We try to tell the truth with grace and finesse, but please appreciate. Please appreciate how frustrating it is to watch millions of people allow their God-given unique perception to be altered by the clever propagandists working for mainstream media. Please appreciate how frustrating it is to listen to people repeat the phrases they hear on the propaganda box. Oh, I'm somebody who follows the science. Are you? Don't meet me in the street and say that. I will slap the next person who says that to me, and I will slap you with a big wet fish. You have to appreciate how frustrating it is to watch people become outraged by photos and memes they see on social media and accept them as gospel truth instead of researching the source of the photographs, the information, the content, all of well, almost all of which has been altered, manipulated in some way, and some are openly time-stamped. The dates being years before the event they are supposed to be commenting on. And isn't it amazing how many times the same people die in skirmishes all over the world? I thought with reincarnation, you sort of died and then your soul went to heaven and you did a whole thing up there and then you came back in another body. Apparently it doesn't work that way. News channels, my darlings, in case you hadn't figured it out, they come up with narratives chosen by their globalist overlords and people just eat it up. They just sit there and believe it and they get all riled up about it and they assume it's true because it was on the news. Why is that? Why are manifestations of cosmic energy, creations of the divine with access to the entire hierarchy of light, so easily duped by smoke and mirrors? Probably because the dark matrix has been carefully constructed over many years. Billions have been spent on the science of news reporting. The goal the goal is to fragment our minds so we can't follow through with a complete thought process. Think about it. Breaking news, blah, 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 blah. And just when our minds are trying to wrap themselves around the blah, 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 and now just in, 
And then we go, oh, my God, now what? And then they talk about that for a bit. And then they go, oh, wait, there's more breaking news. We just heard. So we are distracted from one thought process to another and on and on and on. And it's all by design. The goal, deep state's goal, and I know this for a fact because for decades I worked as a cog in the wheel of many such projects. The goal is to turn the news into entertainment. To have us think on world affairs as a soap opera. Don't laugh. This is the truth. To be invested in the storyline, to follow it, to see what's next. But by using a series of clever psychological tricks, the news is not real enough for us to challenge, question it, because it's now just a soap opera in our minds. And why was that a goal? Why did they spend all this money on that? What's the result? Well, look around you, darlings. A lot of people see world affairs as something outside their control and something they don't engage in. And that's where we're at now. Big government telling us we have no rights over our sovereign bodies, no rights over our children's education or health, future Basically, no rights at all. How does that sit with you? Doesn't sit very well with me. I am shocked, shocked, I tell you, at the level of willful ignorance on display today. I am shocked and I am someone who has no expectations of the human race. I'm a part of the human race. I see how feeble-minded centralization has made us all, how dependent it has made us on the system. You know, under the guise of convenience, the system, the dark matrix, it has us all by the short and curlies. Antifa, BLM, destroyed property, caused chaos and committed countless criminal acts. And how were they dealt with? They got state-sponsored bail money. On the other hand... Honorable, hard-working citizens gave up their livelihoods to protest against medical tyranny. And what happened to them? They were arrested. They had their trucks stowed away. They had their assets frozen. And they were called misogynists and racists, which is beyond ridiculous. And they were demonized by their own government. And if that does not wake you up, if that does not sell chills down your spine, you're either completely clueless or frozen in fear. And both cluelessness and fear are not worthy of manifestations of cosmic creation. Today, there is an epidemic of willful ignorance. People are scared of what they might discover. Terrified. We've lost our moral compass. We have not put our alignment with all that is first. Peeps are lost, they're frightened, they're unaware, they are cowering from their own shadows. We all co-created this world together, some by participating in it and some by not participating. Incarnations, my darling, they are not spectator sports. You didn't thrust yourself into this reality to be a bit player in someone else's movie, did you? I have to say, lately I've received quite a few letters from energy workers 
people in my line of work, more or less. And they ask me, Arnie, why do you get involved in politics and world affairs when your job is to be a spiritual counsellor? Really, people? This is a question? Really? You expect me to ignore the world I chose to project myself onto? Why would I thrust my soul into a meat body and hurtle through space into a woman's womb, splash around in there for nine months, and then unceremoniously pop out, covered in blood, screaming like a banshee? Why would I go through all that if I didn't want to affect change in that world? I am shocked at the level of willful ignorance in my profession. When I come across energy workers who are free from the dark matrix, it's an exception. It's not the rule. And I'm so grateful to have found the few, the proud, the strong, the authentic, the aligned. I treasure each and every one of you. Your alignment with all that is has given you a capacity for objectivity. You are free thinkers. You are critical thinkers. That's what alignment is. To be in the vibration of universal creation, universal connection, expansive consciousness, an ability to entertain multiple points of view without being triggered, invested only in making the best choices for the betterment of mankind. So many people tell me, oh, Arnie, just sit and pray and focus only on the desired outcome. You have missed the point and you have fallen for the most common trap in New Age metaphysics. Pray, of course, but move your feet, because when you're in a meat body, you have feet, so move them. How have all your prayers and doing nothing else but praying worked thus far? Is the world a utopia? No, my darlings, it's not. It's actually a dystopia. So please... Stop inviting me to your prayer groups. I'm tired of seeing you all pray and then go home and pretend we're not in the middle of World War Three and the Great Awakening. If you can't handle facing the current reality, you should ask yourself why. It could be you were misled by idiots who taught you that chanting affirmations will save the world. It could be. It could be you don't think you're strong enough to handle the truth. It could be many things. But if you haven't figured out that smashing the myth of duality requires active participation on the physical world of your choosing, I would ask you to think about how qualified you are to do this work. I've received invitations from groups that want me to participate in their monthly meetings, but they say, oh, we don't talk about the world, Arnie. No, only spiritual things, love. Can you hear yourselves? Do you hear how silly that sounds? And are you sitting there right now, pissed off with me, angered and triggered by my comments? This world will not be changed by those who refuse to engage with it. Please check your naivety meters and make some adjustments. You don't have to get funny t-shirts or make banners and go on marches. But you do need to have the courage to confront the issues we face. You need to at least acknowledge what is going on, understand what is happening around you, and figure out why it happened and how we can make sure it never happens again. 
our job, and everyone's so fond of telling me what my job is. Trust me, I know what my job is, and I'm doing it. Our job is to guide people into cosmic alignment. And in that vibration, from that glorious vantage point, there is no fear. There is clarity. This is what it means to have overcome the world. One sees all, but vibrates above the dysfunction. Okay, rant over. Hello, darlings. How is everyone? So I'm going through my Telegram page today, uh, Arnie Madcharm and Avedisian for any free thinkers who want to have, um, you know, an international community on Telegram. So my co-admin posted this on the Telegram page today, and it's from a lawyer that she follows. And I'd like to share it all with you as it sums up my feelings. Um, I really thought you might um, appreciate this. So here we go. It is profoundly disturbing that most people have simply forgotten about the last two years and have already switched to swallowing the new war narrative being pushed out by MSM with little or no understanding of the historical facts and therefore context of the situation, meaning they are unable to actually decide for themselves what is real and what is not. It is disturbing that people have swept aside the immense harms such as fallout from policies made in the last two years, including human rights abuses, dreadful financial impact, damage to children, lockdown deaths, deaths caused by the jabs, state overreach, and the utterly tyrannical way that most governments acted at the behest of the dark men in dark suits behind them. I can only conclude that people have an overwhelming need to become invested and attached to whatever the media tells them to become so attached to, because many have no concept now of meaning through spirituality, belief in oneself by following what is right and moral, the betterment of understanding through critical and rational thinking, and a desire to be a better person for the right reasons. Instead of these things people gain a sense of self by virtue signaling and regurgitating spoon-fed words and narratives handed to them on a plate by the very people that tomorrow will happily seek to enslave them. It really is a case of the slaves locking themselves up, thanking their slave masters for walking all over them and then shouting at anyone that points out they are a slave. I do believe that the name of this uh, Telegram channel is Lawyers of Light, and I will double check that and put it in the chat for you later on, because I do want to give these people credit, and I'm certainly going to follow them. All right. Well, here we go. Let's move on to quack questions, answers and comments. That's the reason we started this show in the first place, to see what's on the mind of you, the people, we, the people. So if you would like to share the contents of your fabuloso minds on this intergalactically renowned show, send me an email or a snail mail. So that would be arnie at arnieabadician.com or cosmic arnie P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon 97070, USA. Let's shake up the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity and see what pops out. Popping, popping, shaking, shaking. All right, let's do this. This is from Ray. Ray lives in Bend, Oregon, 
very nice place. And Ray says, dear Matt Sharman, how does the average Joe dismantle big government? How can one person break the matrix? It's not possible, is it? Hmm. Ray, I'm tempted to have a little drinky poo, but I promise not to drink till the end of the show. But I do have a beer chaser. So let me just very quickly have a sip of that. Oh, lovely. Thank you to Ten Barrels Brewing in Oregon for this delightful pub beer. All right, Ray. You say one person can't make a difference. I've seen one pop-up destroy an entire computer. Now, I doubt the one pop-up did it all on its own by popping up. But by popping up, it put itself on the radar of other pop-ups. And before you know it, crash, kaboom, bang, and a bill for $600. You're not a lone voice. Millions feel as you do. Start the song. And let the others join in harmony. The opposite to dependency is self-sufficiency. Make a plan to be as self-sufficient as possible. Take a look at your life. If civilization collapsed tomorrow, no grid, no gas pumps, no internet, how would that impact you? And it's going to take you about a week to figure it out, by the way. And I know that sounds oh so drastic, but you see, I believe we should start there because it gives you a good picture of how dependent you are on the system. Can you sustain life without government intervention, without distribution, chain supply and all the systems in place? Can you maintain life? Maybe. Can you maintain quality of life? And do you have a network, albeit a small one, of like-minded friends? Centralization gives us many conveniences. But as we have recently discovered, the people running the show can deny us access to those conveniences if we piss them off. And that, well, to a sovereign soul, that is simply unacceptable. May I recommend a good book? Sedition, Subversion and Sabotage, Field Manual Number One, A Three-Part Solution to the State. Actually, a really good book. It outlines the big picture, the challenges, and it also suggests alternatives. And it doesn't say that the state has to be dismantled completely, because in this day and age with the population that we have, that is not going to happen. But we do want small government and we want to be as self-sufficient as possible. That is the only way forward against tyranny. So this book, Sedition, Subversion and Sabotage Field Manual Number One, A Three-Part Solution to the State, is a real eye-opener. It's helped many peeps shift out of their comfort zone and into real freedom. And we cannot create a new golden world in a new golden age if we don't understand, respect nurture our true sovereign nature. Thank you, Ray, for that question. Um, remember the pop-up. You pop up and many others will pop with you. That's how it works. Let's take another one. And this is from Omit Personal Details. Because um, if you don't give me your name and don't give me permission, you are going to be OPD. So OPD says to me, I was raised Catholic. 
I disagree with my family on the issue of abortion and on the crucifixion and resurrection. Oh boy. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I cannot believe it is God's will for a woman to be forced to give birth to a child she does not want, especially if it was conceived under assault. It was revealed to me in prayer that there was no crucifixion and therefore no resurrection. My vicar says I cannot be selective. It's all or nothing. I disagree. I am uncomfortable now in church. I cannot take communion now that I know what communion is. I have told my family I will not attend. I will find another community, one with compassion. I guess, Arnie, I just woke up and I cannot go backwards. I'm liberated, but I'm also very lonely and very uncomfortable. It's a strange space to be in. Take a number, my little friend. Um, many of us are in that position right now. Darling, you're not alone. I applaud you, first and foremost, for listening to the wisdom received in prayer. How many times do people pray to God? They get all this information and they go, well, that couldn't have been God. So, I mean, who do you think you were praying to? SpongeBob SquarePants? Okay, under assault, because we can't seem to let go of this abortion issue. Um, under assault means rape. Let's not sugarcoat the language of evil. Let's see it for what it is and let us confront our enemy with full knowledge of its agenda. My opinion has always been clear on this. Abortion should be legal. It should be safe. I am not going to get into an argument as to who should pay for it or whatever, but it should be legal and it should be safe. Bringing a manifestation of source into the world is a serious commitment. And if you're not ready for it, please, people, abstain or use some serious protection. Anyone who thinks a woman who has been raped should carry the child to term is not a servant of God, but a minion of Lucifer. And this will all come out in the near future. It's already being exposed. Certain churches have a dark Luciferian core. Mentioning no names, Vatican, 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 Vatican has been infiltrated by Luciferians since its creation. As for communion, you're not the only one who has spoken to me or written to me about it. And I have to say, in the last month or so, is our cosmic consciousness, is it trending? Is that the correct term? Yes, of course, you're right not to take communion. In my humble opinion, eating flesh and drinking blood is a known Luciferian practice, and it has no place in the worship of a loving, almighty and merciful God. I know for a fact the Kabbalah laughing themselves silly watching people partake in black magic ritual in the middle of a Christian service. That uncomfortable place you are in, that is a good place to be. That is growth. It's the start of a new adventure into the heart of the real you, the place where the divine resides and guides. I enjoyed your comment on compassion. Another misunderstood word. What is compassion? Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. I think that's what the dictionary said. <laughs> um, but that's true, though, isn't it? Sympathetic 
consciousness of others' distress, together with a desire to alleviate it. Good for you, my darling. Now more than ever, we must honor the authentic within us. If teachings don't resonate, explore, find out why. I wish you the best. I think you're in a wonderful place um, and, you know, have a great life. It's going to be awesome. All righty, let's see what else is in the fishbowl this week. This one is from Gabriel, um, who asks, Dear Ani, I have battled addiction for years. I got hooked on alcohol and painkillers back when I was 17 and have used them on and off since then. I am 32 years old now. I have long periods of not using, but then something happens. It can be anything. And I justify using again. I've been to AA, but honestly, I see them as a bunch of losers, always depressed, down and negative. It's not the place for me. I genuinely want to control my habits to rise above them. Can you advise me? This constant self-sabotage is wearing me down. Gabriel, you've identified the key issue, haven't you? Self-sabotage. So let's take a look at that. Let's break it down. You started at 17, an age where no one knows their ass from their elbow. But you took the painkillers and washed them down with the beer. How did you feel? Amazing. Of course you did. No pain in your body and a slight buzz from the beer. Why wouldn't a 17-year-old man want to recreate that, especially the no pain part? We humans are so hard on our bodies, we live with constant pain. When the painkiller kicks in, absence of pain relaxes us, and depending on the drug of choice, chemicals swish around and make our brains feel things we've never felt before. It's easy to get hooked, and the percentage of people addicted to painkillers is downplayed. The numbers are as high as the pills make you. Okay, we get it. Be easy on yourself. That's the past. It's done. There are many ways to go about changing habits. It seems you've tried most of them with little or only temporary success. There's more to the letter, by the way, um, my dear listeners, that I'm going to read here. So uh, let's focus on the self-sabotage then and let's keep it simple. There's a pathway now in your brain that leads to pills and beer and how wonderful that combination makes you feel. The first time you took it, I understand from your letter, it was an experiment, a dare. It was a dare. So that was unfortunate. How different your life would be now if you had just said no. But never mind, because here we are. Your brain registers excitement and bliss on the pills and be a combo. Now, every time you have something you cannot deal with, or perhaps when you're bored or angry or triggered or any other of our self-justification processes, pills and beer flashes as an option, and that pathway is there inviting you. But that's really what it is. You see, Gabriel, it's a pattern. It's a code you wrote into your being, and you supported it with updates on and off for 15 years. But this game that you've played, it's now, well, it's run its course. It's time to delete that program 
It's time to acknowledge how many limitations it has placed on your life, and it's time to move on to a new game. You are 32 years old in your prime marketability. Oh, my God. I mean, what I would give to be 32, you are in a beautiful place. Now, you may not want to hear this, but you want to face your issues, right? Okay. The potential for self-sabotage will always be there on a physical realm. It will never go away. It's akin to a parasite that floats about just waiting for someone to have a vulnerable moment. So first of all, acknowledge it will always be there as a manifestation of the false alter ego. And it will, from time to time, rear its ugly head, and it will do so when your soul is sparkling. <clears throat> and your soul sparkles, Gabrielle, where, Gabriel, Gabriel, I don't know. Your soul sparkles when you are tempted to engage in harmful behavior. When your higher self tells you, Gabriel, it's time to move on and explore some of that glorious cosmic potential within you. So instead of recognizing it as something that will taunt you until you succumb, think of it as the illumination of your spirit self congratulating you on being able to hear the voice, open yourself to the temptation, recognize it for what it truly is, an attempt to distract you from a fulfilling life, an attempt to turn you into a depressed loser wallowing in mediocrity, because that's its true identity, you see. The trickster, the false ego is the trickster. Kick it in the nuts and banish it back into the void from whence it came. Acknowledge this. Know that it will return. Acknowledge that thus far you have a poor history of resisting the voice. Acknowledge that there is no option other than to be at peace with your past. Having acknowledged all that, simply make the decision to make another decision. Write a new pathway, a new code for your brain. If you want a permanent solution to your problem, that is it. You acknowledge all the resistance you feel, but then you go ahead and you make a different decision. Because love, it comes down to this. Who runs your life? The correct answer is me. I run my life. I'm not at the mercy of others. And I must certainly am not at the mercy of my own past transgressions. If you can grasp these basic concepts, Gabriel, you will bring much light into our world. Thank you for the letter. Many people are struggling with this. The solution is simpler than we think. What does it take? Guts. That's all. A bit of guts, some grit and a serious commitment to your spiritual alignment. All right, we have a, another little sip of this beer. Just a little sip, little sip. If I drink beer too fast, there'll be lots of burping, and I don't want to do that. Let's take another question from the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity. All right, what have we got? Ah, this... <laughs> this, um, okay, this is from Lady Moonbury of the Ardenweald. <laughs> and for those not in the know, that is a World of Warcraft reference. 
Lady Moonbury is one of the Fey folk in the Shadowlands expansion. So not sure who this is, uh, a member of my guild, perhaps, or just another casual gamer who enjoys the podcasts on Cosmic Reality Radio. Anyway, Lady Moonbury asks, Annie, what is evil? Have we always had it? Who created it? Well, there's a deep question uh, from my fellow gamer there. Wow. Um, Lady Moonmarie, here's my take on it. If you wish to engage in activities that are morally bad, wrong, wicked, you are not aligned with your true nature, with source energy. Alignment illuminates. It makes good decisions. It doesn't take things personally because it has a strong sense of self. It does not allow the false alter ego to influence it and therefore creates expansion and works for the betterment of all. That's alignment. If we turn our backs on source alignment, we are not fed and nourished by the vibration of unconditional love. And without that, we lose our superior vantage point and our divine nourishment. I think of evil as a parasite that attaches to those who have lost their way and have chosen for whatever reason to detach themselves from God's cosmic stream of light. Instead of being fed with light, they grub about in the murk, festering among all the discarded thought forms in the trash heap of humanity. And in time, after feeding on the trash, they accept it as their reality and they want to drag everyone else into the murk and convince them that the murk is the place to be. Evil is not a thing per se. Um, how, that was a very silly statement. I mean, source energy is pure potential. We don't know what's going to come out of it. But we do know that source energy is pure and clear. So clearly evil is mismanagement of that energy. It's a misalignment. We should always check the motivation behind our actions. There is a universal mind. There are universal moral truths. Now, we could get into a whole debate about that. You know, what is moral and what is not? And does it matter if you see it from a religious perspective or a non-theist perspective? Some would say that morals are relative. Mm. Well, if I ask people from various backgrounds a difficult question such as, is it wrong to torture people for personal, for personal pleasure? <laughs> I can't imagine anyone would be able to debate against that against the fact that it's wrong to torture people for personal pleasure. So, quick personal evil check. Check the motivation behind your actions. Mm. Thank you for that question, Lady Moonbury. I, I hope that you will reveal your true identity to me in private. Okay, um, let's take another one. Why not? Dear Ani, can you share some links to medical doctors who speak the truth about COVID-19 and the fake vax? I need to be able to guide my family to better decision making. They are beginning to see the flaws in mainstream, but it is like pulling teeth without 
Novocaine. Well, I'm actually old enough to remember having a tooth pulled without Novocaine back in National Health Service Early England. Um, not a good thing. Okay. Um, I could give you a whole bunch of links, and I've got your email, so I'll send a bunch to you privately. But for today's purposes, I'd go to Telegram and take a look at Vladimir Zevzelenko, Z-E-L-E-N-K-O, Vladimir Zevzelenko, medical doctor. Um, he has very good information. Also, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and her channel is Dr. Tenpenny, T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y. Of course, you should also look out uh, Dr. Gold and all of America's frontline doctors. And Professor Dolores Cahill from Ireland, who put up a fierce fight when all this first started. Um, all of their channels can be found on Telegram because I know they're going to be banned in other places. Um, I'll give you a little taste of uh, Dr. Zelenko here, Vladimir Zelenko, MD. He says, I'm tired of all the politically correct rhetoric. It's time to simply explain what happened and why. COVID-19 is a man-made weapon of mass murder that was funded and created by the American government and NIH. I'll put a addendum on that. It wasn't funded and created by the American government. It was funded and created by Deep State. And the machinery that distributed it was the American government and NIH. Uh, the American government serves the globalist elites and is the enemy of the people. Currently, that is true. Successful treatments were and are intentionally suppressed. Anything that gave people hope and reduced fear was obstructed. That is true. Global fear is used to fool people into taking the mRNA shots. True. The mRNA shots were created to accomplish a globalist agenda. True. The globalist agenda is to decrease the world population and cause infertility. Correct. To control and enslave people by injecting tracking technology and link that technology to the use of global cryptocurrency. Correct. Transhumanist agenda through the mRNA delivered gene editing technology. Correct. He says, don't fear COVID. Don't take the mRNA shots. Form military tribunals and bring all the global predators to justice. All this can and will be proven with evidence. I'm a conspiracy realist, Vladimir Zevzelenko, MD. So once you research those four, you'll be led to others, and I will send you a private email with a whole bunch of other stuff. All right. Thank you for your interest in truth. <clears throat> One more question. Uh, this is from Joy, and Joy is from Cork. City of Cork is in Cork, which is in Ireland. Do you know what I remember about Cork? Sir Walter Raleigh is said to have planted the first potato in Ireland near his home in a place called Ewell. And that was about 1588. I remember that from school. Fascinating what you remember. Anyway, Joy's question has nothing to do with potatoes. Joy writes, Arnie, I suffer from anxiety and my priest tells me to surrender to the will of God. When he says that, it makes me more anxious. What if the will of God and my will have different goals? Well, this is a very good question. 
let's see what we can make of it. Where is the issue with surrendering to the will of God? Surrender. It's in the surrender. It feels as though do as you're told. Uh, that's not what it means. Not in my book. What it means is align. Join in the power and the glory that is the hierarchy of light and rock the world in whatever way you choose. Now, your soul and God have the same goals. I'll admit sometimes our personality may get in the way. But by aligning, a.k.a. surrendering to the will of God, you have clarity and illumination. And anxiety just does not have a place in divine alignment. Sometimes we just have to look at how certain words will trigger us. Hmm. All right, Joy, I wish you luck. Okay, my darlings, um, we talked a little bit about Telegram, which is not censored. Um, and I have my Telegram page on there. If you want to join a group of free thinkers, I'm Emad Sharman Avedisian. Um, go to my Telegram page and sign up. Uh, of course, it is for free thinkers and not for people who want to discuss whether deep state is real or not. It's for people who already know the agenda. But I'm not pushing my Telegram page today. I'm going to be pushing Sam's Light Language Transmissions. Sam's Light Language Transmissions. Sam is a, a lovely chap who I met uh, through Cosmic Reality Radio, and he's uh, kindly joined our group. And on the first Tuesday of every month, he does live light language for us, which is an absolute treat. His light language transmissions have helped a great many people. My group loves him. I personally use his protocols daily, especially the nanotech removal and the one for regeneration. And for those of you out there who are going, what is light language? Light language is the language of light. It is a heart-based conceptual form of communication bypassing the logic centers of the brain that we are accustomed to using. And thus it speaks directly to your being at the subatomic DNA level. And that means that it is able to affect profound change in your life experience, especially when you combine it with prayer, meditation, and a healing intention. So once again, that Sam's Light Language Transmissions, maybe I'll call him up and ask permission on our next show to actually feature a few of those. But meanwhile, or maybe... Oh, maybe he'll consent to do it live. I don't know. I'll work on him. Sam's Light Language Transmissions, people. Telegram. That's where you should be. All right. Thank you for that. Now, my darlings, in preparation for the bad decisions we will make on St. Patrick's Day, I am going to sample and review various Irish whiskies. Now, folks, don't try this at home. I am a professional, and I have spent many years in training for such an event. Yes, I'm at my peak now, and I have in front of me, and I'm very glad this is a radio podcast, so you can't see me surrounded by all these bottles of whiskey. 
I have in front of me the following libations, which I will sample straight with no water, no ice, and no mixers. All right. I have Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey Regular, Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey 12-year-old, and regular Tullamore Dew, but Caribbean rum cask finished, which I think is going to be darling. Then I have Connemara Peated Single Malt, Redbreast 15-year-old Single Pot Irish Still Whiskey, Jameson's, the one that everybody knows, Tyrconnell 10-year-old Madeira Cask, something I've never seen before called Writer's Tears, and another one in a very strange bottle called Sexton. So I am now going to sip. I'm not going to do a shot of each one because nine shots. um, Yeah, I mean, I can do one or two at the most. So I'm just going to sip. And here we go with the first one. And this is the regular Irish um, Talamore Dew regular whiskey. Okay, here goes. I could drink that alone. I could drink it in a mix, but it's definitely good enough. Fuckner's favorite whiskey, not that she drinks anymore, but uh, in the days when she did, that was her go-to whiskey. Now, let me get my bottle straight here. I'm going to sample the Tullamore Dew 12-year-old whiskey. Here goes. Well, what a difference a decade makes, eh? That is quite lovely. I'm getting some hints of, um, I'm not going to say spice, but maybe fruit. Um, The finish isn't bad either. Not a very long finish, but that's quite nice. Mm. And now the one I've been dying to try, Tullamore Dew in a Caribbean rum cask finished, which means basically they take the regular whiskey but they finish it off in a cask that was previously used for rum. Let's see how different that is. Oh, my God, people, that is amazing. It has a slight sweetness to it, not sweet like honey whiskey or or that peanut butter whiskey or the chocolate whiskey. It has I can taste I can taste the Caribbean. I can taste, I can tell you, I'm tasting coconuts and I'm tasting papaya and mangoes. And I think none of those a professional whiskey taster would tell me are in there. But it's invoking all of those things. Oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. Mm. I'm definitely keeping all of those, actually. None of my whiskey is ever going to be given away. So Tullamore the regular Irish whiskey, uh, I think I paid about $28 for that. The 12-year-old, I paid $64 for. Um, and the Caribbean one, is, again, that was in the $28 to $30 range. Definitely worth the money. Okay. Now I'm going to try the Connemara Peated Single Malt. I've never had this before. And I'm not a fan of single malts. <clears throat> in fact, I prefer bourbon to whiskey. But anyway, let's go with it. Let's sip it. Oh, oh, wow, that's a lot stronger than I thought it was going to be. Um, Definitely peaty. What else am I getting? Um, Spicy. 
spicy, yes, um, woody. Um, interesting finish. It lingers. The finish lingers. It's still finishing. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people will like this. Um, I didn't. Um, it's a very good whiskey, but it's not my favorite type of libation. Um, but I know somebody who's going to appreciate this bottle, and I'm going to give that person this bottle. All right, that was the Connemara Peated Single Malt. Now let's move on to a bottle of whiskey that I would never buy in 100 years because – oh, the Connemara, by the way, that was about 50 bucks, okay? I'm moving on to something called Redbreast 15-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey. Redbreast 15-year-old. This is about $125 when you buy it in the store. So thank you to my darling friend who gave it to me as a gift. And I'm going to drink it for the first time ever. So here we go. Here we go. Oh. Oh. Good mouthfeel. Mmm. Very creamy. Oh my gosh, this is worth this is worth the money. This has a very rich and complex taste. I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it, it's very nicely balanced. Ooh, I like this one. This one's a keeper. Mmm. Redbreast 15-year-old single pot still Irish whiskey. Let me have a little sip of my beer to cleanse my palate. All right, what's the next one in front of me? Oh, it's the best known of all Irish whiskies. I think it's Jameson's, and it's just their basic blend. Let's sip that right now, even though I'm very familiar with how this tastes. I'm, do I'm doing this for you people, for you. Um, well, it's nice. It's nice. You can't fault Jameson's. It's a macro beer. It's nice. It's a, it's a macro whiskey. It's very smooth. It's very well balanced. Um, you can drink it straight, but I'd probably use it in cocktails. Between the Jameson's and the Tullamore Dew, I have a slight preference for the Tullamore Dew. Nothing wrong with a bottle of Jameson's. About $29 this cost me. All right. Now I'm going to move on to another one I've never tried before. It's called Tyrconnell. T-Y-R-C-O-N-N-E-L. Don't try to spell when you're drinking whiskey. It's a 10-year-old Madeira cask. And I personally, I have a fondness for whiskey matured in barrels previously used for fruitier and sweeter libations, such as rum and Madeira. So I'm going to drink this, and here we go. Oh, that is excellent. Excellent. Made in the Cooley Distillery. I think those are the people who make uh, Kilbegan. Hmm. So this one's 92 proof. Um, they take their whiskey, they finish it in Portuguese Madeira barrels for about eight months. And the taste, well, let's just say it's a lovely drop of whiskey. Everyone go out right now and buy a bottle of this. In fact, buy two, keep one for yourselves, and send me the other one. This is nice. All right. I've never tried that one before. Mm. I'm going to try another new one, again, which was a gift. And this one's called Writer's Tears. I've never seen this before. 
Um, and it says it's a blend of pot still and single malt whiskies, triple distilled for smoothness. All right, let's have a sip and uh, let's see what it's all about. Oh, this is a special drop of whiskey. I wouldn't mix this with anything. I'll try it later on today with a bit of water. But there's something very special about this whiskey. And I can't put my finger on it. It's taking me to some strange places. It's taking me to some past lives. Um, I, I'm not being funny. I'm, I'm serious. It, I, I'm getting spice. I'm getting ginger. And it's got a, a very lovely long finish to it. Um, I think I can almost... I think I can almost taste chocolate. Well, people, writer's tears, go out and get it. It's delicious. Mm. And there's one more I'm going to try. Um, you can do it, Arnie. Come on, you can do it. It's called Sexton, S-E-X-T-O-N, and it comes in a very weird angular black and gold bottle. I'm not a fan of oddly shaped bottles because they're difficult to store in my prepping kit. But let's focus on what's inside. It says it's a triple distilled and copper pot stills. This Irish whiskey is aged in ex oloroso sherry casks for a mellow honeyed finish. All right, bring it on. Let's open up this bad boy. Mm. 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 It's quite nice. It's really quite nice. It's um, it's crisp. Hmm. There we are, Sexton. That's the last of the Irish whiskies that I am tasting for you guys today. Uh, if you want more details, just uh, send me an email and I'll tell you all about my experience. Oh, my God, my darlings, how does this happen? I think that's it for today. I have finished sampling a great many drinks and now I need a nap. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording the show, because I always have a blast. It is my honor and my delight to, to meet like-minded like people and just to share time with you every other Wednesday. Now, remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. Don't do nine shots in a row. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. I'm Arnie, mad and slightly tittled shaman Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again. Turn off your television sets. Learn to separate facts from propaganda. And above all, my darlings, let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to The Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alpadesian, The Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com.